Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one. Hey, Julie, we're live. All right, great. So the story continues, and we've got a lot of great stuff to share with you guys, mainly to help you keep your own head screwed on straight so that you can be great leaders for other people. And what are we talking about? We're talking about the topic we're absolutely sick of talking about, coronavirus. So look, guys, we're going to be drilling down today, and we're going to give you some facts. And and, um, we have, I think, probably too many points to get through in one podcast, but I'm going to tell you this. You've got to stop debating and arguing with people on Facebook about whether this is being politicized or whether or not comparing it to the flu or looking at all this stuff that you guys are drilling down on, you're missing the finer point here. The point is whether or not, isn't whether or not this is being blown out of proportion or being politicized or whether the government's going to overreact or the people are going to overreact. All that shit's baked in already. All those things are already happening and it's only going to intensify. So stop debating as to whether or not it's going to happen or why it's happening or who's to blame. It doesn't matter. And so what we focus on and what we focused our past few podcasts on were specifically about the financial fallout ramifications of the coronavirus, which is not something that is necessarily uh, a topic that anyone else is focusing on. Everyone else is focusing on the health ramifications, which in itself is, you know, it's not that bad. It's not that good. It's kind of a grisly topic, but we're going to talk about that just ever so quickly. We're going to tell you guys about the phases of a pandemic, um, just so you can understand and answer the two questions that we're getting a lot from listeners. The number one question is, is how long will it last? The number two question that everyone's asking us is what happens next? And so we're going to cover those two topics on the podcast, but I want you to open your mind to realize how much you're probably being manipulated because you're thinking that this is fake. It's absolutely not fake. This is a real honest to God, global pandemic. Now, when was the last global pandemic? Not in our lifetimes. It was called the Spanish flu. And it was in the 1800s, I believe. I think pretty sure it was 1800s. And so that, Julie, can you research that? So I don't sound like a moron. So the moral of the story with all this, guys, is that we are in uncharted waters with how people are going to react. But we do know from historical perspectives in the last 25 years, all the things that we can predict that are going to happen, not because of a, a pandemic, but all because of there's been certainly a lot of things in you know, my time on this planet that have had a sea change, a behavioral change for folks. I mean, look, you know, you go back to September 11th, you go back to the recessions of 2000, you know, what really was a depression of 2007, 2008. But for the sake of what we're going to be talking about on the podcast today, what I want you to be focusing on is not just the virus itself. But I want you to be thinking about what are the unintended consequences or the long-term financial ramifications and behavioral changes of the virus itself. And how does that actually, um, how does that pertain to your business? How does it affect your business? And so we're going to be going through point by point. But first of all, we're going to talk about 
um, the specific phases of a pandemic just to answer the first question of where we are in this whole, I don't know if you want to call it a process, but this whole sort of experience that we're experiencing as a species on this planet. So we're going to talk to you about the phases of uh, the pandemic. Julie? Yes. So just to clarify, a pandemic is a real thing. That's not a made up political term. That is a real thing. The last one was indeed in 1918, the Spanish flu, and it lasted the entire year from January 1918 to December of 1920. Actually, that's two, yeah, two years long, uh, known as the Spanish flu. And in fact, it was the first of two pandemics involving the H1N1 influenza virus. The other one was in 2009. And in fact, one of our coaching, uh, one of our Harris certified coaches' sons actually had that, uh, and that one was known as the swine flu. So pandemic is a real thing. Now, How does this run its course? We're going to do this quickly so you guys have a better understanding of this. Phase one, no viruses circulating amongst animals have been reported to cause infections in humans. So nothing really going on in there. The animals might have it, but they're not infecting humans. Phase two, an animal influenza virus circulating among domesticated or wild animals is known to have caused infection in humans, known to have caused infection in humans, and is therefore considered a potential pandemic threat. All right, stop there. Yep. So here's the thing that we know about this virus. First of all, we don't know a lot. And um, they're now just starting to do human trials on a potential vaccine, like starting next week. So for you to think that it's going to go away in 60 to 90 days, you're, you're absolutely wrong. It's going to last, I mean, you know, could last a year. But the, again, our focus is, and I'm trying to focus all of you in on the reality that even after we're through phase six, which Julie's going to talk about in two seconds, and the pandemic is becoming something in our rearview mirror, you're still going to be seeing behavioral changes similar to those that we've seen after September 11th and other things. I mean, how much have your how how much did your mindset change about real estate, owning a home, about your real estate business, about money, about finances, about all the things that you experienced as a result for those of you who are in the business during 07, 08, 09. I mean, how many of you had uh, your whole mindset, your paradigm completely got zonked during that whole process as the mortgage markets in the real estate markets, and then it turned into a recession and a depression? How many of you completely had your worlds rocked? All of you, that's the answer. If you were in real estate, I promise you, your before thinking and your after thinking were completely different. And that's what is going to happen here. So here's an interesting thing. Phase two actually happened in November of 2019. So November of 2019 is when the scientists believe that the um, coronavirus actually transferred from a pig in China to a human. That's They've been able to actually figure out Now, some of you, again, I'm seeing this on the internet, uh, some of you are believing that it's some sort of conspiracy and there was some sort of, you know, created virus that the Chinese have somehow launched on humanity and all this. Nope. The scientists have actually done genetic testing, which is crazy if you think about it, on the virus itself and have determined where it came from in the world and when it actually passed from animal to human. So that was phase two, November of uh, 2019. Phase three, Julie. Yes, in phase three, an animal or human-animal influenza reassortant virus has caused caused sporadic cases or small clusters of disease in people, but has not yet resulted in human-to-human transmission sufficient to sustain community-level outbreaks. So this is, you can see from, from the historic news what China was perhaps dealing with at that point in phase three. 
Then you have phase four. It's characterized by verified human-to-human -human transmission. This is where the freaking out started. Human-to-human -human transmission of an animal or human-animal influenza reassortant virus able to cause, quote, community-level outbreaks. Again, community-level outbreaks is not a made-up term. Let's stop there. Now, so what happened was it started in China, and now it's been learned that basically there were scientists in China that were saying this was something different, and it wasn't SARS. It wasn't something they'd seen in previous years. It was something all new. And the Chinese government supposedly went out of their way to absolutely positively not allow that information to make it uh, outside of China. So what happened is in phase three, where there should have been more proactive global measures taking to stop the virus, what happened instead is the Chinese government tried to hush it up, tried to brush it under the carpet. And many scientists, believe it or not, that ones in particular that were the first to be the most verbal about it were actually jailed. So welcome to communist China. Phase four, Julie. Uh, or actually phase five, is characterized by human-to-human -human spread of the virus into at least two countries and one World Health Organization region. We are well past two countries at this point. Yep. Phase six, the pandemic phase, is characterized by community-level outbreaks in at least one other country in a different World Health Organization region. So that's where we're at. These are scientific terms. These are not political, made-up, or opinions. In the post-pandemic period... Influenza disease activity will have returned to levels normally seen as seasonal influenza. It's expected that the pandemic virus will, have, will behave like a seasonal influenza A virus. At this stage, it's important to maintain surveillance, update pandemic preparedness, and response plans accordingly. An intense phase of recovery and evaluation may be required. The bottom line is the pandemic will last for at least the rest of this year. It's not going to suddenly go away. Even after the new cases of corona start to decline, the financial fallout, the economic fallout, will be unpredictable and potentially devastating. So we need to get clear on this, guys, and know what happens next. All right. So as promised, here's what we're expecting to happen next. Some of our predictions are bold, but pretty much everything's based on things that Julie and I researched. Julie and I spend way too much time researching topics for our podcast um, so this is what we think would, and I, if anything, frankly, our predictions are way too conservative. What we expect to happen next, I was just scanning some headlines, um, coming out of Washington, DC, in case you guys didn't know it, the president and the called in the heads of all the banks and all the health organizations. And they're all sort of getting together in anticipation of this getting massively worse. I mean, look, just anecdotal things like the NBA today came out and said, guess what? We're going to have basketball games, but no audience will be there. <laughs> you know, in different, look at all the things around the country that are already being canceled. I don't want to jump on any of the points that we're going to be presenting to you guys in a second. But I, we're, why are we, so why are we telling you this information? We're telling you this information in a very drilled down way so that we're giving you a path to cut through the emotion and the propagandizing. What's the word? Propagandizing? Speaking your mic. Yep. Mic. Mic. Propagandizing. Is that, that's the word. Yes, you can't say it either. It's this too is, long of a word. This is what happens. We've been we, reading this stuff too long. This is happens when we get older. We stop being <laughs> able to pronounce is. words. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, listeners, today is Julie's birthday. Yes, indeed. She's 39 plus 10 today. <laughs> Thank you. Uh -huh. Yes. <laughs> so today's Julie's birthday. So Julie, you know, just on a side note, uh -huh. how, how crazy is it that a global pandemic was declared on your birthday? It was the day before, technically. So <laughs> I'm not going to be accused of causing that. Thank you very much. <sighs> no. Anyway, so March 12th will be forever known <laughs> no, for no. a particular, other than your mm -hmm. birthday. It'll yes. be known for, okay. All right. So what happens next? And this is, these are some of the points that we wrote down for you guys. So 
Number one, expect, and I, I cannot overemphasize the word massive, expect massive government reaction and overreaction. Now, again, I have to remind myself that some of you were not really conscious during September 11th, but for those of you who were, do you remember after September 11th? I remember it very clearly. Um, and essentially the world got shut down. The planes were oh, yeah. grounded instantaneously. You know, everything basically ground to a halt. They literally shut down United States instantaneously. So the government and everyone was glued to, you know, the news trying to figure out what was going to happen next. And sure enough, more shit was happening next. It started with the towers and then there was the plane headed towards D.C. And then there was all the, the thing in Pennsylvania. And then there was just all this other just all this other collateral damage that continued to happen for years. But here's what really happened. And again, I want you guys to pay attention to the behavioral changes that take place. News itself changed as a result of that. Before it was Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> then now it's Wolf Blitzer. What's his, he has some dramatic title for his I news know. show. So what happened was CNN, Fox, MSNBC, everybody and anybody that's in the quote unquote news business realized that if they want to get people to view and click and the rest of it, the more dramatic, the better. And so that's what they did. They essentially started, and then they started to get, well, we have to decide, you know, we even want more audience. So let's for, go into a specific niche that we can focus on. And then you saw essentially news becoming political. This is conservative. This is, you know, not conservative. And this is all the rest of it. So all of that happened after September 11th. But here's the other thing that happened after September 11th. People actually have started to, there was a, a level of unease that happened after September 11th that was palatable. It does not matter where you were in the world. You could feel it. It was in the air. You knew there was going to be something that was going to happen. People were scared. There were. It was just omnipresent you know, fear that was there all the time. For many people, that's never left. It's still there. Now, go all the way back to the 20s and think about the Great Depression. And what were the results of the Great Depression? To this day, well, if you're lucky enough to have any grandparents or great-grandparents that are still alive, I remember when Julie and I were helping her grandparents move out of their house in Columbus, Ohio, and we were going through all the stockpiles of things that her grandma had stockpiled. Mm -hmm. She had approximately 14 trillion rubber bands. I mean, she had... <laughs> hey, but those things were all tightly wound into one ginormous ball. Right, exactly. It was very efficient. It was very efficient. But <laughs> the point being is if you went through that, the Great Depression, if you know, some of, you know, your, your behaviors forever changed. It, your software, your actual, you know, genetic coding completely changes and it never goes back. September 11th, the same thing. The Great Recession, or if you want to call it what it really was, a depression, the same thing. And there are going to be other things that are going to come our way globally, nationally, that are also going to continue to change the way society thinks and people react to things. That same thing's happening now. But what do we know for sure is the government's going to overreact. And how the, how's the government going to overreact? After September 11th, we now essentially everyone gets a little nice pat down when they go to the airport. And you have to take your shoes off. You have to take your shoes off because some moron decided to go through the, you know, all that. You know, I was actually, you remember the underwear bomber, that yeah. guy that basically yeah. blew I up? I know, his... and no, there's no more shampoo for you and no toothpaste and yeah, no liquids. Have you ever thought about the fact that because there's the shoe bomber that they make you take your shoes off, but then there was the underwear bomber, but they let you keep your underwear on? Yeah, it's a little weird. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little weird. weird. It's like they're picking in their shoes. I know. 
Yeah. Well, in any event, I'm, we're trying to, you know, lighten, lighten the mood it here. a little bit lighten here. a little bit on Julie's birthday. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, so you're going to see thermal scanners everywhere. And that's already happening in different parts of the world. In Asia, you when you walk into a building, there's going to be there's security guys that are there now um, that are basically thermal scanning everyone walking in. It feels like something out of a dystopian science fiction movie, but that's happening. You're going to see that happening as a normal course of business in business, but you're going to see it happening at airports. A thermal scanner is just something literally that essentially looks for people that are uh, have a heightened um, a body temperature. Now, it could have just been because you ran to the airport because you were running late, and so you're running a little bit hot. You're going to run past the thermal scanner. You're going to be suspected of having the flu. No airplane for you. And that's the, those are the types of things that are happening globally. Um, you're going to see quarantines. Now, quarantine is a dirty word, but here's basically what it means. And it can happen, in, and I'll give you the, the extreme example. In China, if you're suspected of having the flu, the Chinese government, in some cases, when you live in a, essentially a government building, they're literally welding you into your building, welding you in so you cannot get out, into your house, rather, into your apartment, right? In different parts of the world, like in Italy, they've completely closed down Italy. No Italy for you. No espressos. No, you know, nothing. You're not going to Italy, period. Yesterday, they banned all air travel from certain countries in Europe. Not in freaking crazy parts of the world that's third world. Europe. Unless you're flying in from the UK, you cannot land in the United States. Go home. And you don't think for a second that they're not going to start demanding, uh, limiting domestic air travel. The government will overreact. So you're going to see quarantines. You're going to see travel bans. Travel bans um, in place into the United States. You're going to see government offices, schools closed. We know for a fact that they're going to close Zoe's school. And we're looking at this. Well, not only that, but even before that became apparent, because it hasn't been official yet, we got uh, a a letter from the school saying, because, you know, spring break is coming up. If you're coming from these, this list of countries, you are going to be, because we say so, you will be quarantined, you will be tested, and you will not be coming back until we say so. So it's already happening, whether it's a small quarantine locally or whether it's going to be something bigger, we'll see. But expect it. And I do, I do expect her school to be closed next week. And oh, I, I've talked to a lot of the uh, coaching clients and coaches, and some of them, their schools already are, some of the high schools on the East Coast are already shut down. I was just talking to the president, the co-president of uh, EXP, mm-hmm. and he was talking about all of his girls' sports activities are closed yep, down. shut down. So look, um, major universities are closed. I mean, this has never happened before in the history of the United States, guys. It just has not happened. Um, you know, you're going to Ohio State, 60,000 students do not come to school. Harvard University, we are closed for the year. Oh, well, by the way, we're still taking your tuition. You know, right. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Zoe's school is going to close for oh. God knows how long, but you don't think for a second they're not going to continue to take our money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you you know, your mom and I were joking that, I mean, Ohio State didn't even close when it was 25 degrees below zero in a blizzard. Right? Exactly. You think some people were saying. No, it didn't close. This, this is, you know, this is pretty serious. So you cannot hide out from this. You have to deal with it. This stuff is real. But as far as the government, um, a government reaction, we're going to get to, Julie, we wrote down a whole bunch of predictions yeah. on this, didn't we? Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. You can you can start number, point number two. Okay, point so number two. Point number two. Expect massive government intervention into the financial markets. This is an election year, and there is no way the government won't step in and provide historic levels of intervention. For example, no payroll tax for the rest of the year, keeping cash with the employers so they don't have to fire people. There's a good idea. Uh, And here's something that came up on the coach's call today. Can rates actually go lower? They might actually go down as low as zero. zero. Actually, they can go to negative interest rates. It can happen. But but stop there. So people don't know that. So right now, rates went down by half a point. 
it, you know that they should call this is the All Employment Act for anybody that's in the mortgage, mortgage industry. I know, Seriously, it's crazy. It. Yeah, they are killing it. But look, I mean, here's where's the mm-hmm. the bright side of this: a five hundred thousand dollar house costs the same as a three hundred thousand dollar house did last year at this time because of lower interest rates. This, you know, we're going to get yeah. to some of the meat and potato things that you guys could do to spin this into your own business. But here's the reality of it: is the pay, no payroll tax. That means if you have, and this hasn't been passed yet, but we think it will be, lower interest rates, can they go to zero? Yes. And then can they go to negative interest rates? Yes. That's where you're going to, in essence, be paying the bank to keep your money. Why would they do that? Because they don't want you putting your money in the bank. They want you spending money. There are parts of, I know this sounds crazy, guys. I know it sounds absolutely insane, but that's what's going to happen. They will punish savers because they do not want people hoarding cash. They want putting people putting money into the economy. Um, now, here's where it also gets interesting. Government to backstop credit lines um, for, I meant to say businesses, Joy. Okay. So the banks, uh, okay, that was just a jumble. All right, so I'll give you a for example. Um, Julie and I walked out of our house in 2007, and we ran into our neighbor who was flipping houses for a living. He quit his normal job as an appraiser. His wife had quit her normal job selling, as a pharmaceutical salesperson, Tim and Susie, right? Mm-hmm. I remember. And, and they both were flipping houses together, and they were running it off a credit line from Bank of America uh, based on their own. It was a HELOC based on the value of their own house, right? And they were making a fistful of money. They made like 600 grand on one flip. So he walked out. He saw me in the driveway. He knew what we did for a living. He asked me, and this I'll never forget this. The essence of it was um, Bank of America just canceled my credit line. I'm out of business. I totally remember that day. Yeah. And then what happened after that is we obviously let all of you or whoever was listening to us back then, you know, let them, all of you guys know, if you think your savings is a home equity line of credit, that home equity line of credit could actually be reduced to the amount that you owe on the balance. So if you have a $50,000 HELOC and you've only borrowed a thousand to it, what happened in 07 will happen again. The banks are going to say your new credit limit is $1,000 because what people did back in 07 and 08 is they instantly went and ran up their credit lines in anticipation of the banks doing that. So the banks are going to frontline it. Now, what I've heard is that the government is trying to actually, in anticipation of that, is trying to basically guarantee those credit lines, starting with businesses, because most businesses are going to suffer. And brokerages, if you're a broker and you're listening to us talk right now, and you're running on a 2 or 3% margin in your business, which pretty much all of you are, because being a broker just makes you broker, and you know what we're saying is true, you're seeing it happen. We're hearing from our students from across the country that and you know that you're seeing the failing of look banks are going to do overlays on their mortgages you're going to see credit standards all these things are going to tighten up just like they did in 07 and 08 out of fear in brokerages you're going to lose transactions you're going to essentially be suffering needlessly because of bad cash flow this is your opportunity to have a graceful exit out of an outdated business model of a bricks and mortar business model for your brokerage i would strongly encourage you to seek this as your opportunity to evolve your business model into something like exp realty and if you guys would like to talk with me about that please feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206 512-758-0206 so you're going to see Possible uh, sending money directly to Americans. Actually, did I tell you, Julie? I read an article about that. Are they planning that again? Two thousand dollars. So there's a wow. there, there's a there's something that's being essentially tested. They're trying to uh, some package that's about to pass where they're going to send two thousand dollars. They might do it through some sort of um, tax credit or you know whatever. But 
to every American just to stimulate people to spend money. Don't God. tell Zoe. She'll go shopping immediately. Yeah, she will, won't Don't she? Tell her. Create that they're going to do like, and this is where Julie and I are getting a little ahead of our skis, but I think we're, we're right about this. So most mortgages are backstopped by the government. I mean, you know, they're still in that business. So create, they're going to, we suspect that they're going to do things like waiving house payments. We suspect yeah. that the government will do anything and everything to essentially backstop Americans individually, but also starting with businesses. Now, here's what's different this time versus 07. Back then, they were backstopping the banks in anticipation the banks were going to backstop business and it didn't really happen. And people were pissed. And as a result of that, you have a lot of the have and have nots 1% rhetoric that started to burn up and socialism that started to take hold as, as a result of the bailouts that seemingly only went to the 1% or the less than 1%. You guys know what I'm talking about. They're not going to let that happen this time. So the stimulus is going to go to businesses, but it's also going to go to directly to individuals. And it's going to be noticeable in, in just unprecedented ways because it has to happen because people are going to be firmly in panic mode in probably about another week to two weeks. They already are. Try to go to Costco and buy toilet paper. I mean, it's nuts. Why are you hoarding toilet paper, people? What's going on in your lives? You need that it's much toilet cozy. paper. But then what's going to happen is, is that this is going to lead to what, what behavioral changes happen as a result of people having the expectation that the bank or that the government's going to bail them out and literally mail them money. What happens behaviorally one year, two years, five years from now when the belief that that actually exists? And it's, it's unprecedented. I mean, these are the types of sort of unintended consequences that happen every time there's something like this that happens in our society. Again, why are we telling you this? Because we want you to think in terms of how can you help people? And the way we know you can ultimately help people is by being the lighthouse in the fog, by being essentially the person who's willing to step into the breach and give people the truth that's not politicized. None of what we're saying is politicized. We're just giving you the facts. Some of it we're guessing, but most of it we're just giving you the facts. And so this is all going to come to a news channel near you as people become more and more fearful because what's the natural reaction? Listeners, ask yourself how you feel right now. Are you feeling confident and optimistic? Are you feeling fearful? And so what happens when you feel fearful? You naturally turn inward and you naturally then try to basically shut yourself off and your world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. That's how we're all designed when we're feeling like we're under attack. Okay, that's normal. But as a business owner, you have to realize that your primary responsibility, moral imperative right now is to be of service immediately to yourself, then to your family, always put your, your own mask on first, and then reach out and start being a leader in front of anyone who will listen to you, your centers of influence and your past clients, your neighborhood, your community, your church, your synagogue, your mosque. It does not matter. Do be a leader. Don't be someone that just hides and just, you know, hovers around waiting for the next CNN breaking news thing. Don't do that because that just leads to insanity. It leads to nothingness. It leads to you missing the opportunity to be of service to other people. But strictly from a capitalistic perspective, it also leads you to a place where you will not be positioned to take advantage of some of the inevitable changes that create massive financial opportunity for all of you. I told you guys this yesterday, and it's a simple fact, that during the greatest times of change are the greatest opportunities to essentially make money. In essence, whenever there's these big sea changes in our society that are usually led by the economy, you then see a different group of people that step up to be business leaders. We're in one of those changes now. We saw after 0708 and the housing crash, we saw people who had been dominant players in the real estate market fall aside and new players step in. 
because they were willing to adapt to the changes. The new players were willing to learn the scripts, knew how to do short sales, knew how to actually get houses sold when the old players who thought they were resigned to know what they knew and they weren't going to learn anything more. Knowledge became the power tool in, in any changing market. It's what you know more than who you know. In a market we're coming out of now in the seller's market, it was mostly who you knew. Now it's going to be what you know and how you can then apply what you know. We strongly encourage all of you to take all this extremely seriously because it'll have a lifelong, matter of fact, it could have a generational long effect, positive effect on you and your life. Point number three, Julie. Yes. Well, let's see. I think you just covered that. The next one is going to, okay. So you said when under stress, people go into their caves well, mentally, read, emotionally, and physically. Let's read so. point three just for the sake of those who are going to use Fine. the content. All right. So expect fear from uncertainty caused by the virus itself and the financial stability to lead to erratic behavior. You must not follow, allow yourself to be ruled by the fear. You've got to anticipate that your clients will be under more stress. Remember, the closing process is already stressful. Now you put this on top. More stress than they're prepared for, and they won't think or act normally. Be ready for that. Prepare yourself. And it's never been more salient than to say, put your own mask on first, and then your clients. Be the calm in the storm. When under stress, people go into their caves. So examples right from today's premier coaching call. How many times have I said to you guys, premier coaching clients, your job is to say, yes, it'll be my pleasure to figure that out for you. Yes, if you don't want to attend the closing because you don't want to be around germy people, I'll make sure you can close virtually. Yes, if you don't want to have any unnecessary showings, I'll make sure that everybody is highly qualified and not sick coming into your house. I'll figure out how to do that. Yes, it will be my pleasure. One of the other things that have started to come up already is uh, some of you guys are fearful of actually sharing the truth with people because you don't want to freak them out. Well, guess how we feel right now, <laughs> okay? You still have to be honest and, and share that. Yes, it's my pleasure to help you with that situation. So be the leader. Point number four, expect business interruption. The NBA, many other you know, big events have been canceled. College has been basically sent home. The malls are closed, some of them, or they're going to be. Gatherings of certain sizes, a lot of states have said nobody, no uh, events over 250 people. Um, earnings for the second half of the year might be scary because of the slowdown right now. So here's one thing that none of you are allowed to say to us. Well, go I to... couldn't find anybody home. That's right. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I just can't reach anybody. Yeah. Well, guess what? That excuse is no longer yours. Oh, that is kind of a good point, <laughs> Sorry. Julie. Yeah. If everyone's basically, in. if everyone's locked down, it's a good time for you to pick up the phone. Mm. Don't go to their door though. They won't open it. All right. Point number five. And Julie, do you have these points ready? Yes. All right. So point number five, expect oh. businesses... She didn't have it right. My mouse was not plugged in. Expect okay. businesses to become creative. <laughs> and Julie's actually pulled some very interesting. Uh, Julie, just read yeah, the this is this is really interesting. So, uh, for example, my favorite one, because this came up on the coach's call, was what happens to people who are sent home or their business closes, their wage earners, stuff like that. So Target, for example, is going to offer what they're calling, quote, quarantine pay and, quote, confirmed illness pay to employees who become sick. Okay, so the, this, uh, we all know who Target is. It'll provide 14 days of pay to workers who are placed under mandatory quarantine and up to 14, 14 days of pay for those who test positive for COVID-19. So that's an example. And, and we've been reading about several of these all day, is that you're not just home without pay. Well, read some of the other, okay. the bold and print. So, just, you don't have to go, go into detail. Here. Just give them okay. some of the other headlines. Uh, well, it's the more cancellation. Senate will cancel next week's recess. Congress works to pass the response plan. European stocks closed 11% lower. We probably have all been watching the stock market today, which I think right now is about 8.5% uh, 
low. So we've got that going on. Um, Fed to pump no more PGA than, tour going on. Right. Fed to pump more than one trillion in dramatic ramping up of market intervention. Uh, National Ho- Hockey League basically canceled. Soccer as well. Yep. Uh, this is funny. Senate will cancel next week's recess. Isn't that hilarious? Recess. Give me a break. Congress <laughs> works to pass a uh, response plan. European stocks close 11% lower and worse one day. I mean, we're definitely in a corrective market. You know, what's it actually called? And now the people are saying it's, it's a, bear a bear market. market. Yep. Human trial testing vaccine could begin within a few weeks. They haven't even really tried to develop anything. Brazilian officials who posed with a photo of Trump test positive for coronavirus. I mean, these are all the headlines. And this is just going to amplify um, I mean, I'm just looking for Here's any- a good one. Shopify is giving employees $1,000 to buy supplies while they work from home. That's a great example of a company trying to get in front of this and trying to, you know, keep their workers happy at home and with a job. So let's see what else we have. Well, but guys, just hover there in your mind and think how this is going to change how business is done. Starbucks drive through only is what they're moving through, moving uh, to. Yeah, drive. So think about this, how this is going to change how people think. We're trying to get you to... Think how you used to think pre 0708 or pre September 11th, or just hist- reading your history books, how people before and after the Great Depression acted, and all these other types of behavioral things. Once the changes are in place, they don't go back. People do not revert back. And this is the other thing I'm reading because you guys aren't, honestly, you guys aren't, you're thinking that this is going to be a 60 to 90 day problem. It isn't. Even if the virus, they, let's just say the best of the possible scenarios happens and they have a virus before, a virus cure before June and the whole thing reverses and it doesn't continue to spread, though there's virtually no chance that that's going to happen, but let's just say it did, you're still going to be dealing for months, if not years, from the, the financial fallout from all this happening because, and the, the people's behavioral changes. Are you going to, how are you feeling about you know, these types of things already just after like a week or two. How has your behavior changed? I mean, again, we keep on pointing out that people are hoarding toilet paper. That is a, an irrational behavioral change. And those types of behavioral changes do not go away. Those things just amplify as things, basically, as people feel more and more stress and they're not essentially consciously aware of how they're reacting to the stress they're going to uh, draw themselves more and more uh, inward and they're going to start doing more and more irrational things. And that's what the government knows is going to happen. It's look guys, what here's an interesting fun fact and Julie, let's get through the rest yep. of the points. We can do it. So an interesting fact when Julie and I were growing up and remember Julie and I are 40 plus, maybe 10 years, something like that. Okay. So when we were growing up, the one thing you never did is you never basically defaulted on your mortgage. You never not paid your mortgage and all the banks, basically all their, you know, assumptions were that during times of stress, the last thing that people stop paying are their mortgages. That's what all of them were assuming would happen because historically that's all, that's what had happened. People, they, they modeled it out that people will stop paying their credit cards. They'll stop paying for, you know, private schools. They'll stop going out to eat. They'll stop, you know, renting movies. They'll stop going to movie theaters. They'll stop their car payments before they stop making their house payment. But what actually happened? After really no one knows for sure the reason why people decided to stop making their house payments, then what happened is they did, after they people missed one house payment, what they learned as a result of 2007, 2008, 2009 
is that after people miss one house payment, 90 to 95% of all of them, I don't remember the number, never make another house payment. Basically, that house is going to foreclosure. That was unpredicted behavior. The banks and all the modelers thought that people would follow the same pattern. They'll sell everything. They'll sell their, you know, their family jewels before they end up not paying their house. Nope. People said instead, I'm not paying my damn house. And I'm going to continue to go out to eat. And that's what happened. I'm going to continue to make my car payment. I'm going to continue to pay my credit cards. But I'm just not going to make my house payment. Similar things are going to happen that are unpredictable because you guys are all thinking that history or that people's behaviors are going to be exact pe- and alignment and predictable. Right. Not the case. Not the and case. it won't be exactly like the last recession either. Remember when we were talking about recession proofing your business earlier this year and last year, that we had said it will not be caused by the same thing and it will not have the same behavior. So don't, don't talk yourself into that. So this all leads to point number six, global recession. Yes, we said it, global recession. It is not possible that all of this global and financial morass won't lead to a global recession. How will it affect the U.S. economy? How will it affect your economy? So 2007 to nine proved again that when people are in fear mode, they do weird, unpredictable things. We talked about that. I, I remember when we were at a, a mall in California and you parked next to somebody and you complimented, I think it was some kind of Porsche or it something. It was a replica Cobra. Oh, that's right. It was a replica Cobra. And do you remember what he said? Yeah. He said, he said basically he bought it from not having made his house payment for the past year. Yeah. Now that's weird behavior. Nobody would have. Yeah, but he was bragging about it. I know. I know. What? He was saying, look how smart I am. Exactly. Because it had gotten down the pike and people's behavior was continuing exactly. to change. So expect weirdness, guys. Okay. Like hoarding toilet paper, I would put in that category. By the way, I, you'll appreciate this. Nerdy yeah. fact. Uh, morass. I actually looked at the etymology of that I word. I was surprised that snuck into your... Yes, but you, you know wrote the etymology of it? It actually goes back to old English. It's Tell basically me. being stuck in the mud. Oh, I like that. That's a good word. Financial Point. morass. Financial morass. Yes, I know. Sometimes. I'm when I'm fully caffeinated, my brain all works. It's good. Even at my, you know... I've been warned. Yes. Okay. Point, Point number, number eight. This is seven, right? Point number seven? Oh, it is number seven. Yeah. Sorry. Right. Point number, number seven. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> yep. Expect once in a lifetime opportunities. Here's the exciting part. Know that the greatest fortunes have always been made during the greatest times of change. We're now in one of those times right now, clearly. Great companies like EXP, for example, came out of the last recession slash depression. Tough times force people to think out of the box. You might, for example, text 31996 no, and text say EXP. EXP to 31996. <laughs> we got it wrong. Like, it wrong I know. Here. So okay. guys, listen, if you want to learn more about EXP, if you want to watch a quick explanation video on how this is definitely the right move for you in this global economic reset and this uh, caused by this pandemic, I strongly encourage you. You can do this anonymously. You can just do this from your own phone or desktop. Text the word EXP to 31996. Text the word EXP to 31996. Check the video out. At least get the conversation started with yourself because what you're going to quickly realize is going forward, essentially all the sort of institutionalized beliefs about how to successfully run a brokerage are going to run amok with reality. So you definitely need to open your mind to the potential of moving to an online, hey, there you go. There's an idea, right? Totally online. Radical. Real estate brokerage. So text the word EXP to 31996. All right, and I'll do the next little sub-point, okay. Julian. You get the one after that. Brokerages and other low-margin brick-and-mortar businesses will use this as their graceful exit from their obsolete business models. We drilled down on that in a second. Securities, by that I mean stocks, are going to go on sale. And you guys are always texting me after I say something like that and asking me for advice on that. I'm not a financial guy, but I will tell you what I do when I'm seeking financial information. I Google 
um, the the Bogle B O G E L three fund portfolio, and you just do this. I'm not going to drill down on it or talk about it. And you want to be looking at most likely Vanguard index funds. So start with whatever the three fund portfolio is and maybe just copy, emulate exactly what that is. And chances are you're going to end up all right. The buying and holding of stocks is still a valid business model. I actually read a very interesting, um, well, I wouldn't even want to talk about it. I don't want to, I, t- stocking about stocks and securities is interesting to me, but usually nobody else. All right, next point, gold will spike. It's already happening. So um, miners, uh, shares in um, mining, st- gold miners, but also the physical stuff, the shiny stuff. People are predicting that's going, and obviously you guys are going to, some of you are going to throw your skeptic hats on because you've allowed yourself to be politicized into believing that a fiat currency is the only way to go on anything against that somehow against your political beliefs. All right. So setting aside that dogma, what I want you to realize is, is that all this easy money that's going to start flowing out of the government is going to most likely likely kick in a nasty phase of inflation because asset values will increase because people will be able to get access to money and easier and they're going to lower landing standards. That is going to lead most likely to inflation and that's going to cause gold to increase in value. So if you're looking for a safe harbor, you know, what we say and what everyone else that is in the financial world says, which we are not, just again to reiterate that point, is you generally speaking want to have 10% of your total net worth in the actual yellow shiny stuff. Um, and a suggestion for that is Google Texas Gold Bullion Depository. We don't have a business relationship with them, but you can buy it from them and they'll actually store it from you. Texas Gold, gold Bullion Depository. And they actually keep um, all the gold for the state of Texas. And here's another little fun fact. Texas is the only state in the nation that has its own gold reserves. How about that for crazy, but true. And it's kept at the Texas Gold uh, d- uh, Depository. It's a privately held uh, vault basically, and supposedly it's uh, the only gold depository in the United States of its size outside of Fort Knox. And I think there's another, uh, there's two others, but in essence, this is state of the art. So check it out. Again, we don't have a business relationship with them. Do as you will. Next point, Julie, in markets like yes, yeah, so in markets like this, the innovators and those who are not burdened by old ways of thinking dominate. Now is the time to drill down and work harder than ever. Learn the skills that this market requires. You guys are already having to do this, and it's been like two weeks into this thing. Assume your skill set from the seller's market is obsolete. New leaders will arise. Absolutely. I'm already seeing agents do things, Tim, like put their virtual home brochures into little snippets so that a buyer who doesn't want to be drug around by their agent and go in and out of houses that may or may not have the virus, you know, whether that's real or in their head, doesn't matter. They don't want to. They can see the house online. Some agents are even going so far as to say, download your letter of intent contingent on the final showing that you intend to purchase this house. You intend to put it into a normal contract. That's innovative. You guys didn't have to do that before. Well, I mean, not to drill down on this too much because you guys will start being skeptical, but really the next natural move for all of you as a broker, an agent, a team, a new agent, a seasoned agent is definitely to to look at eXp Realty because they are made for a market like this. They are made for a changing market. Lean, mean fighting machine, to be sure. To be sure. And the technology that they offer, just the whole kit and caboodle that eXp offers 
And sometimes you guys hear this, you hear us talking about EXP and you think, well, I'll get around to it. But here's the problem is you're taking too long. You're you're waiting, hoping that things are somehow going to improve and the virus is going to go away and we're wrong about our financial predictions. But all the while your closings and your cash flow is going to slow down and then you're going to be months ahead from now and you're going to be wishing you would have listened to us. If you're ready to have an EXP conversation with me, because in our opinion, every agent should seriously be considering EXP Realty, just text me directly. And that is 512-758-0206. Point number eight. Hey, we did it. Last We're almost point. there on the home stretch. Point number eight, expect core level, root level behavioral changes. Like after 9-11, after previous pandemics and stressful things like this, things will not go back to what was normal. They haven't. We talked about what happens at airlines now. That wasn't the same as before 9-11. Virtual will become something that's seen as normal not the exception. I was I was kind of laughing to myself about this one because all of our secret agents, <laughs> they're going to dig having to stay at home. They've got a great excuse, right? <laughs> I want to do everything virtually. Well, you know what? Now you've got your excuse. Businesses will adapt to the omnipresent fear that will become normalized. People may accept the loss of liberties with the idea that we will be, quote, safer. We've seen this before. People will be less likely to travel and less likely to spend money. This may last one to three years, like between 07 and 09. Then frugality fatigue sets in. It's unsustainable to have that kind of frugality forever. People lose their enthusiasm for it. At some point, they start buying again. We saw it. But you know what we also saw, and why, why are we drilling down like this with you guys? You know, we were here for you during the last recession. And Tim and I can both track back to almost the exact coaching call when we saw it hit the fan. And both of them were in California. We had separate clients on, I know it was almost September the same of day. 7th and September of 7th. I'll tell you who it was, Mark Chandro. Yep, Sean Carbajal. Yeah, he was, I was on a coaching call and he was crying. Yeah. And he had been making just uh, crap over 100000 a month. And yeah. all of his closings basically blew up. And he didn't know that virtually all of his buyers were subprime buyers. And here's the new century. Basically, the mortgage company in Southern California essentially uh, went out of business. And here's the thing. Again, no one's been able to actually answer this. Basically, New Century, which is primary subprime lender, they had um, a whole bunch of people stop making their house payment. And New Century then went out of business. They were a, you know, a mortgage originator and they were a servicer. And what caused all these people to collectively go and stop making their mortgage payment? And it was the, essentially, behavioralists say the only rational reason, or at least the only thing they can pin the, any logic to it was, is collectively the, sub, the unconscious consciousness of people believe that real estate, their home in particular, was no longer going to increase in value. So subconsciously, all these people, they weren't in a big gathering or, you know, on a Facebook group or anything like that. There's all these people, all the ripples of mistrust for the idea that their house was going to be worth more. They just basically stopped believing it. Some people say, well, it's because mortgages started to adjust. Mortgages historically, if you research this, guys, didn't really start to adjust in earnest until late 2008 and into 2009. For some unknown, unyet-to-be-identified reason, people just stopped making their mortgage payment. The payments weren't too much. Most of these guys were making interest-onlys or less than interest-onlys, right? And it's not like they they did. There was not like a mass of unemployment. It's so people weren't losing their jobs. They didn't have the ability to pay. They just didn't believe the house would be worth more. And none of the modelers had predicted that would happen. And then what happened? All the the rest of the dominoes started to fall. We don't know. It's impossible to know how really how far reaching this will be. But I will tell you, this feels exactly like it did back in 07 and 08 when all the dominoes did start to fall. 
and they're, they're, they're different dominoes. It's, you know, it's a different set of rules. It's a different set of conditions, as Julie just said, but it's happening and it will affect you. You're not going to come through this unscathed. So your two big takeaways from this are even as the pandemic pandemic is essentially in the rear view mirror. And again, we didn't talk about the health aspects of it because there's so much out there and we're not experts at that and we're not going to act like we are. So you can go and research all that, but I'll give you the punchline. If you get it, you will most likely get it. And some people are predicting that 60 to 70% of all uh, Americans will get um, the, uh, you know, will get the virus. In Germany, you know, Angela Merkel, the chancellor, she basically predicted that. Is Germany somehow, have, you know, is, is there a reason that she would say that and it wouldn't, the same thing wouldn't happen here? No, it's going to probably happen here. So virtually you or everyone or, or people you know are going to have the virus. Some of us will be fine. We'll just get over it. It'll just be like a nasty flu. Other people are going to die. And the death rate from this, because of the numbers of uh, people that are affected by it, it's, it's massively, it's going to be massively more than the typical flu. And you're seeing a lot of people on Facebook and other places on the internet saying, why the hell are we talking about this? More people die of influenza. We're talking about this because there's no vaccine and we're talking about this because it's spreading faster than the seasonal flu does, the normal influenza. We're talking about this because they, the scientists, do not know the true, what this virus actually does in the human body. And again, we're not going to, I'm not going to drill down on that. You can go and research all this yourself and understand that this, we really are truly in uncharted waters as far as really what the health uh, ramifications are. But let's say best case, this is in the rear view in six months to a year, but the financial fallout from this is going to last a lot longer than that. And the behavioral fallout from this is going to last forever. It's going to permanently change behaviors that are yet to be easily predicted. You need to be conscious of that and you need to be realizing that your point, your purpose is to be of service to other people. Provide them factual information to calm the nerves. Please take this information. It's the reason I was being so focused with Julie, making sure that we are covering every point, even though we are being redundant a few times, is that you got to take this information and then share it. Start with by putting your own mask on first in your family, then your neighbors, then your church, synagogue, mosque then your broker, then whoever else will listen to you. Give them the facts so they know what to do. Combine this with some health information. Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you take the notes from today's show and why don't you encapsulate them into some talking points and pick up the phone and start calling your centers of influence and past clients. You guys, this is your opportunity to actually be the leaders that you all hope to one day be seen as. This is how you do it. You don't you know, Instagram your way to being seen as a leader or, you know, fake your way through social networking. You do it by actually taking the actions, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So Julie Harris, happy birthday. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I think you're right. They have to be the leader. I, one thing that I'm watching very closely is what the mortgage companies will do to be helping people so that that's another reason to call another reason to inform, use it on your social media. I just read that New York city is going to give zero interest loans for up to $75,000 to small businesses that have a drop of 25% or more in sales. You see a lot of proactivity. We're only two weeks into this. I think there's going to be a ton of things for them to talk Nothing about. Nothing like that happened after September no. 11th. Nothing like that happened no. after or the housing crisis. Or the housing People crisis. People just sat there and we were all going, okay, what's next, yep. right? Nothing like that. This so is I think this is going to be different. And I think this is going to have a different feel to it. I think that it may actually bring the country together. That would be a nice, um, you know, kind of byproduct of this. 
by seeing what we can do for each other instead of all of the infighting. And we're already seeing all this. So I look forward to finding more of this type of stuff to report. I want to see what the mortgage companies are going to do. You know, the Italian mortgage companies have said that they will be very lenient with people. 95% of those uh, mortgage companies have been very good about that. So this is, you know, I, I think there will be some good things that come of it. Take action on this information, guys. Don't just become like another person, like everyone else, and, you know, lay off the toilet paper hoarding. <laughs> okay. Get, have enough. Get, you have enough. Get refocused, basically, on why you're on this planet and you're on this planet to be of service to other people. That is the highest and truest purpose of all of us. God bless all of you guys. If you need us for anything, you know how to get hold of us. Do us a favor. Share today's podcast. Let other agents know and people that you know, love, and care about know what's actually happening so they don't have to live in fear. Have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>